Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. There, my friend. Yes, sir, I am. Okay. Um, we're getting ready to do this and go live in five, four, three, two, one. Well, good afternoon, or should I say good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 1876 Sports Report. I am your host, the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince. I have been joined by Andre Davis, who will be chiming in here as we get ready. It is the after party. The Panthers went to the reservation in Norman, Mississippi, jumped out to a 14-0 lead, but then find themselves giving up 24 unanswered points before the half, and the Braves never look back. Andre, how are you this evening, sir? Well, I'm doing fine for the most part, Mike. I know the name of the story is 1876 after party, but I don't know how much party we're going to be doing after what we're doing tonight. <laughs> well, my friend, it, it happens to the best of us on any given Saturday, but it is what it is. The Panthers were in a desperate, must-win situation, did not answer the call today. And for the second consecutive week, the Panthers lose a very, very huge game. What was your outtake on things that you witnessed and um, watched unfold today? Well, you know, we can obviously break down the fact that the Panthers were up 14-0 in the first and then out of nowhere just gave up uh, 27 unanswered points between the uh, second and third quarter. But, Mike, you know the one number that really stuck out to me in this game is time of possession. Alcorn had 40 minutes and 12 seconds time of possession today's ball game, while Prairie View only had 19 minutes and 48 seconds in this game. That number, out of all numbers, really stood out to me in their loss against Alcorn today. Well, with that being said, Andre, um, it was really, for me, a tale of two quarters. The Panthers jumped out huge, you know, 14-point lead. Time of possession sometimes can be miscued because we get we get caught up in the things, you know, as we, you know, stats and stuff like that. The right. bottom line are results, and the results came up a little bit short for the Panthers on the day. When they jumped out to that 14-0 lead, I was like, you know what, this is going to be uh, some good stuff today. Panthers got their game face on. They're ready to take care of business. But to no avail, Panthers could not make it happen. Yeah, you know, and I said the exact same thing, Mike. When they jumped out 14-0, you know, with the uh, with the quarterback change that I found out in the pregame show that they switched uh, over to Nico, Nico Holland 
as their starting quarterback over McCullers, and then, you know, they jumped out quick, uh, two drives, two scores without a, a three and out, and I thought, well, you know what, maybe they uh, they sh- uh, shook off the, uh, the cobwebs, uh, cobwebs from last week against Grambling, and then out of nowhere, here we see, we see again in the second quarter, um, there's just a different, it's a completely different ball game, and then I'm like, oh, my goodness, guys, not again, not again like we saw last last week, and then it was just really just down here, down here from there. I mean, they didn't score again until the fourth quarter. It was pretty much all all corn uh, in this game, and it's the reason why I pointed out time of possession, Mike, because because I mean, offensively, both teams are pretty much. I mean, even though uh, we finished with two ninety one passing, they had two twenty eight, and both teams had one hundred twenty three yards rushing. So. It was just that number, just the difference. The fact that Alcorn were able to manage the clock and control the ball more than Prairie View in this game. Well, as I mentioned, that second quarter, Panthers go up 14-0. Alcorn scores the time touchdown moments before halftime. Floyd fumbles on the kick return. Mm-hmm. Alcorn turns around, picks up the ball at the Panthers' 18-yard line. Now. The Panthers' defense answered the call and only hold Alcorn to a field goal. At that point, it's 17-14, to 14, and we're saying, okay, things can hold up. But there was a three-and-out for the Panthers. They end up punting. Alcorn gets another quick touchdown with less than a minute and a half remaining in the first half to put them up 24-14 at halftime, and you could feel the air leave the sail and the Braves never looked back. Well, the air definitely left the cell. It left my body uh, Mike, in that particular point in the game because I thought maybe, just maybe, the Panthers have an opportunity to execute on the mishap of Alcorn, but they did not do that, and unfortunately uh, they didn't win this game. But, you know, it's just – we and when I mentioned the, um, the uh, quarterback change uh, from uh, McCullers, uh, to uh, Nico Hollins. I know we spoke with Coach Simmons uh, at the Wallace Carolina Barbecue, and, you know, we didn't really touch on that. But uh, what, what would you uh, say, you know, would, been, uh, would be the cause of that, Mike? Well, um, we had a, a, a follower who actually um, asked that question, said they wanted to ask that question. We said we'd make sure we bring it up. They were mm-hmm. asking, was it time for a quarterback change? And you cannot negate the effectiveness that Nico had today. Right. Uh, first career start, he answered the call. And whenever you're playing Division One ball, you got to be able to answer the call even if you're not being called right now. And one thing about playing D1 ball in any type of competitive sports, I won't just say college, but even in high school, you have to be mentally as prepared as you are physically prepared. And the guys – who are one play away from stepping up, have to be ready just in case that number is called. And Nico did an exceptional job to that. Now, what led to that, there are still a lot of things. And let's get it real clear and out in the open. McCullers is athletic as they come. He has the potential to be a playmaker. But I think it's something between the ears right now for McCullers why he can't seem to execute because one play he did get a chance to get in, he had a misread, and he was quickly pulled back out, and Nico never relinquished that quarterback stand again. So I think it's something upstairs that that McCullers may be pushing, 
trying to prove that he's worthy of being here, back-to-back big games, and um, unfortunately, McCullough didn't answer the call today. And that's one of the things, Mike, that we uh, that we talk about all the time as far as JUCO players, you know, coming into a different to another institute and, you know, trying to prove that they are worthy of being there, trying to prove that they are a playmaker and they can execute uh, both on and off the field. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pressures that uh, come with that. I know that uh, Coach Simmons talked about uh, the pressure uh, on McCullers last week uh, just in that environment uh, with over 50-plus uh, thousand uh, people uh, in the stadium. Uh, that was something that, you know, he's never been a part of before, you know, just in that type of environment. And that can do something to you uh, mentally uh, as a player. But I will say, you know, he came in uh, last spring, you know, new to the offense, you know, versus Nico. Even though he didn't, Nico didn't get into the game last year, he was, he's, been here, he's been here for a full year, and he already knows the offense. And I believe that they have guys on the offense that can, that can really catch the ball. You got Hodge, you got Floyd, you got Simmons. Uh, you got Marcus Hardy. You got all these guys, offensive weapons uh, that can really catch the ball starting out this year and for the past four games. Uh, with McCullers, we haven't really had, had an opportunity to really get them, get them the ball and let them do work. So I also feel like Coach Simmons really wants to try to implement that along with establishing the run here tonight against Alcorn. And honestly, you know, I would say Nico, as you mentioned, for his first start, didn't actually do a bad job with that, I mean. He connected on Hodge for four passes, for 132 yards and two touchdowns, and he was able to connect with uh, Floyd for a touchdown and everything like that. And he spread the ball between Riles, who I believe had his uh, debut start, and then Tucker and everything like that. So uh, he was able to um, disperse the ball on offense um, in this game, and I think he's going to be able to do that uh, exceptionally well moving forward. Well, the Panthers are definitely going to have to move forward. Um, Theoretically, and I'm saying that theoretically, um, the Panthers probably will not make postseason play, but they still have a lot to play for and finish strong. We're going to take us a quick break, and when we come back, we'll discuss more of the Panthers and their failed trip out to Lorman, Mississippi on the after party, the post-game show, right here with Dr. Mike Prince and Andre Davis. Keep it where you got it. We'll be right back. I am a proud graduate of Prairie View A&M University. I am the local agent for Farmers Insurance here in Hempstead, Texas, waiting to handle your insurance needs. Here at the Chapel Agency, we offer affordable and reliable insurance for your auto, home, life, or business all across Texas. We believe in taking care of our customers like family. We will help you find the right combination of personalized insurance coverage at just the right price to fit your needs. So come on down and meet our friendly staff or give us a call at 979-826-3026. Again, 979-826-3026. 
Eagles fans, brakes squeaking, front end shaking, go see Steve at Auto Check 9 to get the proper diagnosis of the problem. They'll even pick up your vehicle and give you one of their 2016 Toyotas while they do the diagnosis and fix your problem. Because at Auto Check, mm-hmm. safety is perfect, and that's just how customer service should be. Give us a call at 281-440-1188 or find Steve or Kim in the stands. Go Eagles. And welcome back to grounds that of the Alcorn State Braves. I got with me Andre, who seemed like he's being moved out of the house. You okay, Andre? <laughs> I'm pretty good for the most part. You're pretty good for the most part. Panthers not able to withstand that second quarter onslaught. You just saw the Panthers lose a 14-0 lead, which jumped out quick, fast on the Harry. Um, Hodge with a couple of touchdowns on today, as you mentioned earlier, uh, doing uh, an effective job. But what do you see as the Achilles' heels for these Panthers right now? Well, I see that um, they. It's always been a mixture of whether or not they're going to come out and start off slow and then end up finishing better in the second half, or starting off fast and, and, and explosive and then just not playing a complete ball game. And I honestly think that that's what we what we saw here. They just did not play a complete ball game, Mike. And this goes to show you that uh, in this game, it's not about big numbers, uh, putting up big numbers on offense, but it's about how efficient on offense you can be. Because, I mean, Prairie View had more total yards on offense, even though they had – and that's kind of funny. They had more total yards on offense, even though they had less time on offense than Alcorn. They finished with four, 414 yards of total offense. Alcorn only had 351, but Alcorn controlled the ball more, and they controlled the clock, taking off a total of 40 minutes uh, in this game. So, overall, I mean, I just feel like Alcorn was just more efficient on offense when they saw that they were down 14-0. Uh, clearly, I mean, clearly they felt like they still had this game in the bag. I mean, they didn't get down themselves just from what I heard, and they continued to fight, and, and they continued to fight, and we just saw what happens. Even if you are crazy you, and you find yourself in the similar situation that Alcorn was in, if you continue to fight and fight, you know, you never know uh, what's going to happen. And in this case, Alcorn ended up not only taking the lead but winning 34-21. to Well, with that, the Panthers' conference record drops to two and two. And historically, coming out of the West, two losses, you can pretty much wrap it up. Remaining conference-wise for the Panthers, they are host Arkansas Pine Bluff. They will then take on Texas Southern, which that game was moved from the uh, Labor Day Classic weekend due to Hurricane Harvey to mm-hmm. November 25th. And with that being said, uh, the luster of that game may, and I'm saying that loosely because it's still Prairie View, Texas Southern, may lose a little sting because Texas Southern lost their homecoming bout today to Alabama Mm -hmm. State, who had not won until today. So now the Texas teams of the SWAC 
kind of got to go back and regroup right now to kind of make sure that they, they right some wrongs, if you will, to get ready. Still a lot of ball to be left. And while we're, we're going through that, I'm going to give you some scores of some late games that are going on right now. Sam Houston Bearcats are trailing Northwestern. They are in the third quarter, and that score is actually now 36-28, Northwestern on top. Southeastern Louisiana over Houston Baptist had just ended in the first quarter, 7-3. to Here's another game alert. The Tuskegee Golden Tigers are leading Jackson State at Jackson State 13-0. to Of course, Coach Willie Slater, who has just been promoted as athletic director for the Tuskegee Golden Tigers, uh, had a huge win over uh, Alabama State early this season, and he's trying to go 2-0 and against the SWAC this year, and he's off to a strong start, leading by the score of 13-0. to You have Central Arkansas leading Stephen F. Austin late in the second quarter by the score of 7-0. And in Cornet Word, on top of Lamar by the score of 14 to 3. Of course, Incarnate Word will be hosting the Panthers on a Thursday night. I want to say that it's November 11th or the 16th, one of those days. It, it escapes me right now. And we have some earlier games that have been completed from the FCS ranks Morgan State 48, Savannah State 28. You had Howard beating Delaware State 52. To 23. Hampton, 16. Norfolk State, 14. And you had, we mentioned Alabama State beating Texas Southern by the score of 23 to 16. North Carolina Central ruined homecoming for Florida A&M and Coach Alec Wood, which could be the next coach relieved of duties at Alabama, I'm sorry, Florida A&M. Uh, we saw Brian Jenkins be relieved at Alabama State. Could Wood be the next one? Time will tell. Alabama A&M victorious over Mississippi Valley by the score of 49-14. to 14. Nickel State continues to stay hot. They victorious over Abilene Christian by the score of 29-20. to 20. As that continues to roll on, of course, our score Saw the Prairie View A&M University Panthers losing to Alcorn by the score of 34-21, to which no doubt was a must-win situation for the Panthers as the Panthers' back was literally against the wall. And I guess now they've broken through the sheetrock because the support has collapsed. <laughs> yes, sir. And honestly, Mike, I just feel like they, the Panthers need to uh, go back to the drawing board and uh, regroup. I believe they'll have a buy uh, buy coming up this week, so uh, take their time off. You know, uh, injuries or anything like that, or just you know, uh, regroup and figure out uh, what's been what's going on after these uh, after these two losses that you just uh, had, that just took place these past two weeks, and just see what you can do uh, moving forward. And I know that uh, after this week, after the bye week, they'll have a cone college uh, on homecoming. You know that's. You, that should be a no-brainer as to who's going to win that game. But then after that, you got Southern. Uh, so take this time to really uh, regroup 
and uh, figure out uh, how you can uh, how you can overcome this uh, adversity that I know we spoke about adversity with Coach Simmons. Uh, how you can overcome this adversity that you've uh, that's been taking place here over these past two weeks? Well, speaking of that, Andre, uh, when it when you really wrap things up right now, Southern now becomes the Panthers' playoff game, if you will. It really yes, becomes their playoff game because that by far is going to be um, probably their stiffest opponent on their remaining schedule, not discrediting anything from Texas Southern nor Arkansas Pine Bluff within the conference and definitely not trying to overlook Incarnate Word or Bacon College for that matter. But the Southern Jaguars will be that lure, if you will, where the Panthers can can fight and try to, you know, uh, end this thing with some dignity. The way I'm looking at it, on the schedule, you got four games left. You got Bacon, Southern, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Texas Southern. Now the goal is to finish 4-0. Let's finish 4-0. We can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's going to be a long ride back with this loss, but you got to put it behind it just like you got to put the grammar game behind it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's done and over with. I want to remind you, this is the after party, the 1876 post-game show here talking about Panthers football. They've fallen short by the score of 34 to 21. We're going to be taking your phone calls if you feel like you'd like to chime in on it. The phone number is 979-645-0039, 979-645-0039. Call in. Give your tidbits from what you're thinking the uh, the magic bullet is for the Panthers to turn this thing around. And yeah, we're, we're talking as if all hope is lost, but they have lost two conference games back-to-back in a year um, that has been proven that you cannot afford to lose two games, not the way the Grambling Tigers have been playing, not the way the Southern Jaguars have been playing. And so now – um, you were hoping that you could have won against Alcorn this week and help, hopefully Alcorn could help you next time they get out on the field against Grambling and then the rest will kind of work its way out. But now you got to finish your schedule, play hard, and go for what's broke. Absolutely, and that was definitely the game plan uh, by those guys and Coach Simmons going into the game. We understood, in fact, how important this win was over uh, Alcorn State. Uh, in terms of the gutsy move as far as switching quarterbacks, but at the same time letting everybody know that you will see all three quarterbacks in some shape, form, or fashion in this ball game because he realizes what all three of them can bring to the table. So he wants to try to utilize all three of them uh, in that offense and hopefully uh, pull out pull out something out of the bag of tricks, as he likes to call it, and see if they can uh, come away with a victory. But unfortunately, that just didn't happen. Well, here's my question. Has Nico Hollis played enough where he should be named the starting quarterback for the rest of the season until he loses that 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 given right? I honestly would say yes. I would say yes, and I'm only saying even though this is really his, um, this was his first full like complete game uh, this year. Um, but honestly, he I personally feel like he showed enough poise uh, in this game in terms of um, uh, playmaking abilities and getting the ball to the uh, to the guys on the outside. Because there is no, if you have you you can have guys on the outside that can make plays, but if you can't get the ball to them, uh, there's really no point. And I feel like uh, that was the main struggle 
uh, for the Panthers uh, leading up to this game. I mean, they put them minus last week against Grambling when they couldn't establish a run. They've been they did a pretty good job establishing the run up to this point. But you got guys like Hodge, Floyd, and Simmons, and um, and and um, and um, excuse me, uh, Hardy. Uh, you have to be able to get uh, get the ball to those guys, and I feel like that was something that they was lacking uh, in the offense. I mean, let's just throw it out there, Mike. I mean, McCullers is is a, he's very athletic. He's a talented, athletic guy, but there's a difference between being a thrower and a passer, you know. And I honestly feel like Nico Hollins is a passer. Now he'll tuck in and run it occasionally if he has to, but he's more so your passer. And as we uh, as we saw tonight, minus the interception that he threw towards the end of the first half, uh, 18 for 38, 291, and three touchdowns, um, he was able to get the ball uh, to his guys on the outside. So honestly, definitely moving forward, um, he's your guy. Another. Well, it looks like we got a call coming in right now, Andre. Hello, caller, you on the line? Hello, caller. Caller, you're on the line. Hold on, let me. Are you there, caller? Hello. I guess we lost. Maybe they, maybe they changed their mind. <laughs> they changed their mind. I guess maybe they changed they, their mind. They, they got a little nervous or whatever. Felt it was hot. Yeah. If you like to call in, go ahead and reach us at nine seven nine six four five zero zero. Three nine nine seven nine six four five zero zero three nine. It's the after party. The Panthers losing to the Alcorn State Braves by the score of thirty four to twenty one. Now you're saying that uh, Nico has earned the right to start. If that being the case, and I'm just asking this question, is McCullough going to be considered a failure? Honestly, no. I honestly don't feel like he uh, that he would be considered a failure because the thing is, Mike, he's still a guy that can be a huge asset to the offense because, as I said before, he's he's athletic. He's very athletic. They even tried it today uh, with Morton. You know, he wasn't out there. Uh, he came in at uh, one particular time in the game as a quarterback, uh, but they used him, um, you know, as a uh, as a wideout, and I believe he ran the ball for uh, for thirty six yards or something like that. So uh, they found a way to uh, to establish him on offense, and you can do the exact same thing uh, with McCullough. Just because he's not your guy, drop back in the passing, that doesn't mean he can't be an asset to your offense uh, in any shape, form, or fashion. Nico Hollis, a strong performance, as you mentioned, 18 of 38, 47.4% completion rate, 291 yards, three touchdowns, the interception, it's kind of misleading. That was at the end of the half right. uh, as they was trying to get a play in. But um, he his longest reception of the day was for 46 yards. Um, he ended up um, with a pretty, pretty productive day. Meanwhile, McCullough was 0 for 2 in the quarterbacking area. Um, and even Morton had an attempt at 0 for 1. But once again, we're not talking about it much. The running game still somewhat struggling. Tucker, six rushes for 40 yards. You had uh, Morton with the big scramble for 130. I'm sorry, not 100, one rush for 36 yards. Uh, McCray coming off an injury, six rushes for 31 yards. 
and um, Nico Hollis, three rushes for 15 yards, and Broach, which was somewhat surprising, only two touches for five yards. Not the running game that the Panthers were counting on leading into this season. Yeah, and honestly, that's the, the, the shakiness of those stats, Mike, uh, we've been seeing that for the past uh, two or three weeks now. And, you know, you got uh, guys like Tucker, McCray, and Broach, uh, three running backs who honestly I feel like are evenly matched in my opinion. I mean, Tucker is your leading guy, but that's because, you know, Tucker normally breaks more often than McCray and Broach. But ironically, uh, Broach and McCray are your bigger backs so it's kind of like you either have uh, Tucker and McCray uh, one day uh, for most of the yards and then Broach, you know, for not so much. And then you'll have Broach and Tucker and then not McCray. But they haven't really found an, a, a found a way to utilize all three of those guys at the same time on the same game. You know, honestly, I would like to see uh, Tucker used more on as a wide out. Well, not as a wide out, but more so kind of like a – um, flanker um, split uh, as a flanker, yes, sir. Like a like a flanker or a wide receiver because he um, he's very talented when he has some room to work with versus running between the guards and tackles because he's only five seven and one hundred and seventy pounds. So there's only so much he can do unless he gets some open space. So I would like to see them utilize him more in that aspect of the offense, and then you can finally get uh, Caleb Broach and uh, McCray uh, in there more often uh, for your offense. Now, there was um, uh, a moment in this game where Alcorn could have literally taken this thing and secured it earlier, but there was an over-exuberant play by defensive player Barrow for the Alcorn State Braves. He's on his way uh, at the strip off of Hollis, running toward the end zone, gets over-exerted, if you will, uh, as he gets ready to cross the end zone and yeah. throws the ball up at the one-yard line, creating a touchback, uh, yeah. <laughs> which would have thought it would have been one of those deals to kind of give the Panthers a little breath of fresh air to try to make things happen. But um, nonetheless, the Panthers just did not have the answer for the Braves on today. But there is another thing that we need to note out, third-down efficiencies. Panthers only three of 12. Alcorn, 7 of 14. Panthers went for it four times on fourth down, which they were 0 for 4. The Braves were 0 for 1. 123 yards even for both of these guys. 291 uh, passing yards for the Panthers, 228 for Alcorn. Total yards, as you mentioned earlier, Andre, 414 yards for the Panthers, 351 yards for the Braves. That one turnover we mentioned by uh, um, uh, Hollis at the end of the first half. Now, there's something that we got to look at, and it's penalty yardage. The Panthers have 14 penalties for 139 yards. Now, here's how I calculate penalties. Anytime you get over 100 yards, I count that as a touchdown, and the 39 yards would be equivalent to a field goal. So that's 10 points in my little uh, football theory world. <laughs> Ten points turnaround for the Panthers. Meanwhile, the Braves had five penalties. I'm sorry, not five penalties, but six penalties for 142 yards, which once again lets me go back to that football theory of Mike Prince, no one else, that the Panthers possibly could have gotten an additional 10 points off of those penalties. They had fewer penalties, but big yards 
from the Braves as far as the uh, penalties were concerned. Panthers continue to struggle, but they've got to get over that and try to get them, their heads and their minds clear as they have a bye week coming up and get ready for homecoming October 28th against the Bacon College out of Oklahoma. Now, Mike, uh, you mentioned uh, the penalties for Alcorn. Did you say six or 16 for Alcorn? I said six. But I, I meant to say 16. Forgive me, sir. I said six. You're, man, that's why it's good to have young ears and young eyes all around. <laughs> um, you're absolutely no, right. Yeah. It was 16 penalties. There was a lot of penalties thrown in this game, yeah. total of 30 penalties that were accepted in this game. 30 yes, penalties. Yes, sir. Now they had and they had two more uh, penalties uh, than than Prairie View, but nonetheless, you know, at the end of the day, it still doesn't matter because you you pointed out the efficiency, uh, third down efficiency, uh, specifically for Alcorn. They were seven for fourteen uh, on third down, and that's a stat that I also like to point out too in terms of uh, the results of a game. But as I mentioned before, even though you can have more penalties in one team, but how efficient you are uh, on offense. Preview had an opportunity to uh, capitalize on those uh, penalties, uh, but unfortunately they weren't able to. You know, I, and I heard the one that uh, that you just mentioned, Mike, uh, where he, you know, kind of got a little excited at first, uh, at the end, uh, too early, and then ended up right. on the touchback. And Preview had an opportunity to capitalize on that, and they weren't able to. You know, that like something like that can definitely be a huge momentum swinger in a ball game if you're able to capitalize on it, but they but they weren't able to. Uh, but again, I just look at the overall efficiency of Alcorn's offense and their ability to uh, manage the clock and uh, and and control the ball uh, more so than the other team. Alcorn improves their record to four and two, which keeps them on top of the Eastern Division of the Southwest Athletic Conference. Panthers fall to two and three, but two and two in conference play. They're in second at the start of the day. Southern had a bye week. So, theoretically, they'll stay in the number two spot until things change. Now you're the Panthers. Where do you go from here? You go forward. You go forward, Mike. You know, you you said it a few moments ago, and when we talked to Coach Simmons uh, at Walter County Line Barbecue, he said the exact same thing. You have to move forward. You know, what's, uh, what's done is done. You can't go back. Unfortunately, you can't uh, press rewind on life. And, you know, and stop the tape and rewind it back and start all over. You you can't do that, unfortunately. But now you have to uh, you have to move forward. I'm sure they're going to watch a lot of game film and a lot of practice and, and also getting rest uh, between now and when they play Bacon College and uh, and regroup and figure out where can they go from here. Not looking over Bacon College, you know, because at the end of the day, they tie their shoes just like preview tie their shoes, and you still have to go out there and play. So you definitely want to look over them, even though most of us have put a W in that column. But you definitely don't want to look over them <clears throat> before you get ready uh, for your next opponent. Uh, for your next opponent after that, uh, which will be uh, Southern. So you just have to go forward from here, and um, not only fixing the mistakes you made. Uh, in the last game, but also learning from them. So you can fix them, but you also have to learn from your mistakes and try not to make those same mistakes uh, in your next game. Absolutely. We are at the after party, the Panthers falling short in Lorman, Mississippi, 34-21. we got to take us another break, and we'll be right back with more scores, updates, and highlights throughout the world of college sports. You're listening to the Open Mic Broadcast Network. 
I am a proud graduate of Prairie View A&M University. I am the local agent for Farmers Insurance here in Hempstead, Texas, waiting to handle your insurance needs. Here at the Chapel Agency, we offer affordable and reliable insurance for your auto, home, life, or business all across Texas. We believe in taking care of our customers like family. We will help you find the right combination of personalized insurance coverage at just the right price to fit your needs. So come on down and meet our friendly staff or give us a call at 979-826-3026. Again, 979-826-3026. Eagles fans, break squeaking, front end shaking? Go see Steve at AutoCheck 9 to get the proper diagnosis of the problem. They'll even pick up your vehicle and give you one of their 2016 Toyotas while they do the diagnosis and fix your problem. Because at AutoCheck, safety is first, and that's just how customer service should be. Give us a call at 281-440-1188 or find Steve or Kim in the stands. Go Eagles. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we get ready to continue on here with the after party, radio guy Dr. Mike Prince and Andre Davis. Not a good party so far, Andre. Not a party at all, man. It's going to be all right, though, right? Not the party, but. <laughs> I'm not in a party mood right now, man. I should be in a party mood at the conclusion of a preview at university football game. But why well, am I not in a party and move? I understand. But you know what? Just to make you feel good for a moment, you were part of the party move last night with another oh. Angry Bird win. Oh, you always know how to make you feel good, Mike. That's why I keep you around, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, I me. And, and, and you know what? I honestly applaud the idea of you to uh, to move the broadcast out into the stands, man, because it's, that whole booth thing is overrated. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Doing the broadcast in the booth is so overrated. Anybody, When you're doing a broadcast, man, you need to be out there with the fans because they just bring the – they just make the broadcast come alive. And that's what yes, you did. Yes, sir. And that's, that's what the uh, Rose Hill Eagles fans did in that victory over the Warriors last night. Well, the Rose Hill Eagles go to 5-1. and one. The Panthers drop to 2-3. and three. This is the 1876 post-game show. Mike Prince and Andre Davis. It sounds like Andre is moving bodies or something. I don't know what he's got on the other end of that, but we're going to work through that. The Panthers have stuck themselves in a pretty tough jam right now, and it only they can be the ones to work themselves out of it and get things going. We gave you a bunch of scores in the FCS earlier, as we will now try to get you some things from the FBS just getting on the way as they are down in the swamp. They're actually in the second quarter. Texas A&M and Florida Gators all nodded at three. University of Texas San Antonio taking on North Texas. North Texas on top by the score of 16 to 10. You have Southern Mississippi on top of University of Texas El Paso by the score of 7 to 0. 
Missouri, and the only reason I'm bringing up Missouri because they're in the SEC and that's where I'm from, and they stink this year. They stink this year. They're playing number four Georgia right now, losing by the score of 14-7 to late in the first quarter. Does not surprise me at all. Texas Tech, this has to be probably one of the flops of the weekend, even though there were some big flops of the weekend. We'll get on to that in just a minute. But they lose to West Virginia Mountaineers by the score of 46-35 to after being up most of the part. And don't look now, but Iowa State has changed their drinking water after getting the upset win over then-ranked number two Oklahoma. They continue mm-hmm. to pound in the Big 12 beating Kansas. I don't even think beating is a proper word. Slaughtering Kansas by the score of 45-0. to zero. You have TCU having no problem taking care of Kansas State. The number six-ranked TCU uh, Horn Frogs end up winning 26-6. to six. Oklahoma and Texas for the Red River shootout at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, found mm-hmm. Oklahoma, who had dropped down to number 12, holding off the Longhorns, winning by the score of 29-24. to 24. Baylor continues to be the Baylor of old, losing to Oklahoma State, 14th-ranked Oklahoma State, 59-16. to 16. Houston had no answers for Tulsa. Tulsa pushed Houston around, winning 45-17. to 17. You had another game of, I guess, interest, at least for me, I would think would be interest. I don't know about you, Dre, because, you know, you're a hard guy to please every now and then. But we got... <laughs> Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Central um, um, Central State, they are having Arkansas – I'm sorry, Arkansas State, I'm sorry, at Central okay. at 14-7. to 7. Forgive me about that. Um, I saw Arkansas and already soon. And then I know you like the Roll Tide. Roll Tide is absolutely, absolutely rolling right now over at Arkansas by the score of 17 to zero. Mike Prince along with Mr. Andre Davis. And before I go further, Syracuse fell hard too. Mm. Oh my, I mean, not Syracuse, not Syracuse, but Clemson. I mean, not Syracuse, Clemson. Clemson fell hard to Syracuse. And what about what Cal Berkeley did to Washington State? Now, that, now, as far as Syracuse and uh, Clemson, Syracuse upset Clemson in that 27-24 win, but Cal beating Washington State. I wouldn't even call that an upset, even though Cal, uh, Washington State is coming in ranked number eight, I believe. A 37-3 win? Do you really call that an upset? I call that a, a manhandling. That's a, yeah, that's a slaughter, <laughs> slaughter knocker, whatever you want to call it, Mike. <laughs> that, that was more than an upset. Yeah. That is and you talk about upsets. I'm a little upset right now. Our Panthers didn't make the mark tonight. However, they got five football games left, Andre. Is it five or four? Four football games left. They got four football games. Four, four football games, games left. left. And um, they got to pick up the pieces, write, write the vision if you could. Right now, they're sitting at two and three. Is that right, two and three? Yes, yeah, sir. that's right two and three, 
and let me see. We got Bacon. We got five games left. I wouldn't count Bacon. Forgive me, Bacon. The Panthers. <laughs> the Panthers can finish up still with a winning record. Third consecutive season of having a winning record under the leadership of Coach Shotgun Willie Simmons. Now, we know fans are going to be fans, and people are going to start howling and griping, and they have every right to do that. And they're going to start questioning whether or not the Panthers, under this Willie Simmons-led team, can get over the hump in the games that matter. What's your take? Yeah. Well, you know, Mike, I understand that, you know, from a fan standpoint, you know, those are the guys that are supporting your uh, supporting your program. You know, those are guys that are uh, that are paying their money uh, to see a productive product uh, put out there on the field every Saturday afternoon. But at the same time, you also have you have to understand how uh, this stuff works. And I feel a lot of times as fans, you know, as long as they're paying their money, they expect the product to be uh, to be put out very efficiently, and in this particular case, they expect you to win. You know, and that's and that's really the bottom line. You know, I know some people paying their money; they just want to get down to the bottom line. The bottom line is, are you winning? And honestly, you know, we we did not expect the Panthers to start this season out uh, two and three. You know, we kind of threw up. Uh, you know, the the Sam Houston game, and then it was kind of a you know question, especially for me uh, with uh, with Nichols. And then they turned around after that, and they took care of business with Alabama State and then Jackson State. We didn't really know if that was going to be a true tester, you know, until we got to Grambling State, and then here we and then we found out that it wasn't. And then and then here we go with the loss with Alcorn. But you know, from a fan standpoint, I get it. You're paying your money. You're you expect the efficient product every Saturday afternoon, but you also have to understand the back end and the grunt work of this business as well. While you're saying that, I, I think both sides got to have a measuring stick of, I guess, tolerance would be my word of choice. And the reason I'm saying that, as long as I've been involved with athletics, I don't ever recall a guy or girl, for that matter, purposely going out to fail. I don't recall that unless you were involved with some type of number-shaving thing of that nature. I don't think anybody's shaving numbers in Panther Nation. And on the same breath, when we talk about the supporting factor, you made a very relevant reference where people expect to win and people expect things to change when they invest however little or however much money they invest in. They figure that's my hard-earned money. You're asking me to give, and in the old infamous words of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, there has to be a happy meeting. There has to be a balance somewhere in between. I know we got some PV Nation people that are listening right now. Give us a call at 979-645-0039. Share your thoughts on this particular subject or any other subjects um, that you may have. You might have some some other SWAC fans or MEAC fans. You can come right on in and be a part of the after party right here. Not a whole lot for us to party on. I'm going to blame Andre on that one this week. But <laughs> um, come on in and give us a shout. I want to thank the people who helped make a program impossible here at the Open Mic Broadcast Network. Of course, our brother in the great city of Brenham, Texas, 
and you know who I'm talking about, Brother Henry from Mobius Cafe and Pizzeria. We're mm. going to try to see if we can find an update for the Glenn Buccaneers. They were in New Mexico taking on New Mexico military. We'll try to get that for you before this show concludes. Also, want to thank Bush's Chicken, also in Brenham, Texas. want to thank AutoCheck 9 from Spring, Texas. Got to thank the good people who make things possible from Farmers Insurance right in Hempstead, Texas, Ms. Latanya Chapel, who is a PV graduate, class of 1993. That's my year, Andre, in case you didn't know that. And uh, we want to wow. thank you, the listeners, for making um, the Open Mic Broadcast Network what it is. Dre, by week, yes, what sir. do you do if you're the Panthers? Uh, well, one, you, uh, you definitely uh, you have to take the opportunity to, uh, you know, rest up. What I mean by that is, you know, handle, you know, the nicks and nacks, you know, any of the, the bruises that you've taken because you've taken a lot of uh, physical contact uh, just between uh, Grambling and Alcorn, those two weeks uh, put together. So you want to come back uh, refreshed, um, but also take this time to really, really regroup uh, for these last uh, for these last five games because these last two uh, really haven't ended uh, well for you. Uh, and you mentioned uh, the update for Glenn Mike. They were victorious against New Mexico Military Institute by a score of 27-13. to 13. Don't have a box score yet, but the Glenn Buccaneers were victorious tonight. So the Bucks improved their record to 6-1. and one. And that is a very impressive record. And it looks like the Braves, something not the Braves, but the Glenn Bucks are going to have some postseason action. You ready for some postseason, brother? That means we're going to have some postseason action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Absolutely. that on the Coach Mahon show. But right now, Panthers are falling short to the Braves in Lorman, Mississippi, their homecoming, 2017. And I know that that has to be a one of those bitter pills for uh, Coach Simmons to have to swallow, being that he was a part of Brave Nation of uh, so many uh, well, not so many years, but some time ago that uh, he has moved on. This is his mm-hmm. first loss to his old school under his uh, leadership at the Panthers. And uh, it's one of those deals that sooner or later you got to face that music. Just like sooner or later we're going to have to get over that, that grambling hump. And I really think personally that, 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 that the grambling game we're still kind of lingering on these guys today. And and that's one thing that I was hoping was not going to happen uh, in this ball game. So I know that's kind of that's one thing that we talked to Coach Simmons specifically about uh, at Walter County Line. And, you know, you mentioned the fact that he was going up against a team that, I don't know what, he was going up against a team that uh, he was once, uh, once there uh, at a particular time before he came to uh, Prairie View. So I know that he knew uh, – that organization uh, up and down. I know he recruited some of the guys that were playing. One in particular, the quarterback, uh, Lenore's footman, uh, was the quarterback that he recruited uh, when he was there who finished with 138 yards passing. I believe he had a rushing touchdown uh, today as well. And then on top of that, as you mentioned, it was their homecoming, Mike. And if you thought, if you were the Panthers, even though you went up 14-0, 
in the first quarter, if you thought that they were just going to lay down uh, on their homecoming, you know, you really had another thing coming, and they proved, uh, proved just that. So I know there's going to be a long, long ride home from Norman, Mississippi uh, for the Panthers, but especially for uh, Coach Simmons uh, as well. Well, you know, you, you try to remove yourself emotionally, uh, at least on the surface, when you when you doing these games and, and taking care of business. But you got to know that deep down inside, deep down inside, especially if you're any type of competitor, that the the, the wheels are churning and, and the juices are flowing, and you really really hate to see that one get away. And speaking of uh, a game that has not gotten away, Jackson State has climbed back. They've scored a touchdown. They now trail Tuskegee by the score of 13-7. to We are at the after party. Panthers losing by the score of 34-21. to Started out great. Cadell Hodge connecting with Nico Holland for a 46-yard TD reception. Put the Panthers up early after Zach L. the PAT. Panthers was up 7-0 in the first quarter. And then there was a rushing touchdown uh, for Alcorn. Um, uh, I'm sorry, that put the Panthers up 14-0 after that um, touchdown because uh, Darius Floyd had a nine-yard TD pass. And then you mm-hmm. had a rushing touchdown by Noah Johnson which cut the lead in half. And after that, Alcorn stopped the Panthers defensively, and Johnson got another two-yard touchdown run to tie it up. In the swing play, on that ensuing kickoff, Floyd fumbles the kickoff return. Panthers' defense gets stingy and only allow a field goal, and that field goal was, was to give the lead to the Braves, and they never, ever turned around. Another quick three and out for the Braves on the defensive side, and they snuck in another touchdown with 34 seconds as Charles Hughes got a 12-yard TD pass from Noah Johnson, and they took a 24-14 lead at the half, and they never looked back. You know, I don't know if the Panthers are allergic to uh, second quarters uh, for these past two weeks, Mike, but it happened last week uh, against Grambling. Uh, not a bad quarter, you know, the score, I believe, was 10, uh, 10-0 at the end of the first quarter. And then uh, for some reason, when it got to that, oh, excuse me, 10-7, they ended up scoring late in the first quarter against Grambling, 10-7. Then for some reason, when the second quarter came around, the Panthers just shut down. It was all Grambling from that quarter on. And then we saw the same thing here. The second quarter did it for me yet again. Even though the Prezi went up 14 points in the first quarter, but they gave up 24 points in the second quarter. Alcorn ended up scoring three points in the third quarter and then seven in the fourth. But 24 unanswered points in the second quarter. You cannot do that against this team. And we always and we always talk about Alcorn, you know, kind of getting it easy, you know, in this um, uh, in this uh, conference because of course they're in the Eastern Conference, which just is not a lot of competition. Uh, in that conference, which, in fact, that is true. But we have to give credit where credit is due. There's a lot of talented guys uh, and a great coaching staff uh, on, that side of, on that side of the ball. And, unfortunately, uh, for the Panthers, you know, they proved just that in this game. How you answer your naysayers, you win the games they put in front of you mm-hmm. and let the rest take care of itself. 
There is no need to talk about who's weaker, who's stronger, which division's this, which division's that. You got to win your games that are put in front of you. All coin seems to get it done. Like when I look at all coin, just the way I look at Gremlin, I don't see anything that jumps off the pages other than Kincaid for the Tigers. You got to give Kincaid his credit and Footman for the most part. But Footman was not a factor today. Footman was not a factor. The Braves and the Tigers seem to have a bit of an edge over the Panthers. And I don't know if that's all psychological. I don't want to say it was physical, um, uh, but not quite sure. That's one of those, mm, what's going on? What's making this happen um, that make you want to scratch your head for a little bit? You know, and, 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 and I definitely agree. You know, he, um, Footman, you know, he wasn't really a factor, but while instead of, well, he wasn't a factor, but he did just enough. You know, he, uh, you know, finished 138 yards, and, you know, like you say, he had 38 yards rushing uh, for a touchdown, but that was off of 12 carries, which means he was only averaging, I believe, like, what, three yards per carry? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly. So, as far as him being a factor, statistically speaking, he wasn't a factor, but at the same time, he was able to be a leader and step up uh, for his offense and lead his offense up and down the field for four quarters and manage the clock well. And when you can do that and keep your defense from being out onto the field and keep an opposing team offense from being out on the field, that right there can be a changer, a momentum changer uh, in the ball game. Well, you talk about the momentum change, and we talked about penalties, and we talked about time of possession, and when it all settles and the dust is settled, when you look at it, it is 19 minutes and 48 seconds for the Panthers, 40 minutes, 12 Hmm. seconds for the Braves. That is literally two to one. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's a that's a big difference. That's that's a huge gap, Mike. That's a huge gap. You know, and I understand that you know you know you're a defensive guy. You you a defense. You know, I'm an offensive guy. I play running back. You play linebacker. So you know, at the end of the day, I understand defense wins championships. But defense got to stop the offense. And you got your offense a chance to get on the field and score. That's why, in fact, Yalcorn didn't have as many offensive yards as Preview, even though they had the ball for a long period of time over Preview. And that's why Preview, once they did finally get on offense, most of their offense came from big plays because they had to score often and early to play catch-up. Yeah, you're right about it. And um, once you get a lead, and it's almost here's the MO, and I'm going to say for majority of your teams, whether it's collegiate, high school, peewee league, if I'm down 14-0 and somehow I magically get to swing the turnaround to my way, take a lead at the half, my theory now is to eat up as much clock as I can, keep the chain, give me a couple of first downs, even if I'm playing position ball by punting uh, to pin you back deep. But my object now is to eat up as much time as possible to make you have to step a little bit out of your game plan. And they did exactly that, Mike. They did exactly that. You know, once they finally, once they took the lead, 
they kept their foot on the gas. They controlled the clock. You know, they kept getting first downs, kept, get, kept pushing the ball forward, make sure they stayed in bounds so that clock can continue to run. And then Montana Panthers got the ball, you know, is offense is kind of, you know, kind of rusty. You know, you can get rusty when you sit on the sideline for a long time waiting to get in the game because the defense can't get a stop. And ultimately, you know, you, you how can you be efficient from that? I understand, and, and you, you making you making it seem as if this was all defense. Now you got to give credit well, to Alcorn's defense too. Now, right? Yeah, you got. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. You got to give credit to them because re- remember now, if I score a hundred points and you score hundred and one, I still lose. So it still does ball back down to defense. It was just not the Panthers' defense today. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, and as far as the offense, you know, it's now I say that when I, I'm I'm not necessarily trying to put the blame on the defense, but at the same time, when your offense is out there and you can allow them to uh, continue up that momentum, yeah, because momentum in a football game, me and you both know this, it shifts throughout the course of a football game. One minute, uh, one team can have it, and then within a blink of an eye, the other team can have it, and then vice versa. It can it shifts all the time throughout a football game. And then in the beginning of the game, the Panthers had their momentum, and that was on offense, you know, led by uh, Nico Holland. You want to do yeah. whatever it is you can to keep that momentum going for you in a game. You're right. You're right. And and I say we could discuss this all the way until the next time the Panthers play, which will be October 28th. <laughs> but because of that, and because I respect your time, we're out of time. After the follow me on Twitter at Radio Instagram is Radio Twenty Two. Our Facebook page, Open Mic Broadcast Network. You guys be blessed. Panthers licking their wounds, but they shall rise to fight another day. Thank you all so much for joining us. Great. Another job well done. Say good night to the lovely people. Right, good night, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.